let's get started. Let's take this thing off with a lovely little poem. What type of poem is this? It's a little haiku for y'all called We Outside. Quick pinches of my brown skin. The door is open. The door is open, but whose door is it? I think it's the door to life and we can all step through it. Right, like what's on the other side of this door? As he's saying life, is it danger? Is it fear? What is the manifestation of this? What does the door represent? Yeah, Pedro, clearly you wanted to bring the skin into it. You wanted to bring our human bodily experience with the photosynthesis of life, i.e. the sun. As in the light to the door, as in the sun and the light to the door, connecting to the skin as a metamorphosis, as a metaphor to embrace the outdoors, as saying more Black people should be outside, as in taking up gardening. I think that's what I'm getting. It is. That was deep, Treasure. I love it. This poem is about whatever you feel like it's about. For a lot of folks, though, it's about getting vaccinated so they can be in the streets again. So they can step outside to the door of life. Like like y'all said, the door is life. Outside on the other side. Welcome to the Creative Block, the dopest spot for exploring all things tech, brands, and culture. We're a group of emerging creatives that come together after hours to pick each other's brains about any topic. And whether it's educational, thought-provoking, or just plain weird, it's always a vibe with us. So if you're at our block party, you've probably found yourself daydreaming about how the world could be and how the whole squad can win. Come kick it with us. And while you're listening, send us your thoughts to our Instagram at The Creative Block Podcast. Hit that subscribe button and catch us Thursdays on the block. You might have guessed from Treasure's poem, but today we are talking about COVID passports. We're really asking ourselves if this is the right thing to do. Our activity is we have a random selection of places, spaces, and events, and then sort of brainstorm around what a COVID passport would look like in this sort of situation. Top quiz time. So do y'all know why we're doing this type of activity? That sharing a little part of your medical history was going to have to have some type of process if we wanted to have people invited into the spaces they once frequented. Right. Uh, Also, the vaccine, the idea of the vaccine passport is also part of trying to leverage more people into getting their vaccine. Because once we reach herd immunity we won't need a passport anymore. Yeah. Um, I think just, I feel like we're doing this just to kind of stay ahead of the curve. Cause like these places that we have on our, in our random generator are places that we once went to and we're designers and other designers are like creating this process or like strategists are creating these processes. I feel like we stay ahead of the curve by kind of anticipating how these how these experiences will change. Yeah, I think, you know, those are all true. And then the other one is that with so many different spaces open up, there are so many different considerations that something like this would have to take. Some of these places that Treasure was saying that we have accommodate a lot of folk, 
And so how do you grapple with whether you put something like a COVID passport into place when you have a diaspora of people? But before we get into that sort of thing, I want to give you all a little history about vaccination passports. Is a way to prove your vaccination status or a negative test result um, in order to gain access to things that we are used to in our normal lives. Right now, they're in a very digital setting. So if you've seen New York has made the Excelsior pass, but there's also a push for more standardized passports as well, as in the Common Pass, uh, the Health Pass by Clear, which clears the people that do the TSA pre-check. And actually, Walmart is one of the biggest backers of some of these passports. But what if I told you that back in the outbreak of smallpox, there was also a vaccination passport. Would y'all be able to guess what it was or what it looked like? Smallpox happened in the, what, like 1800s, right? I would say it looks like a piece of paper similar to the ones that people have now. Okay. Roger, what do you think it is? Mm, yeah, I was going to say the same thing, like, uh, just a just a piece of paper that they had to carry around in their wallets okay. or something like so the smallpox vaccine when it was first created was essentially a dermal abrasion and what happens is they scrape this needle back and forth and it sort of injects the vaccine into your skin but that created a scar on a lot of people i have seen a lot of people with those scars i actually think my parents have them too like like just depends on where you grew up but i never thought about them as being like a passport to check i kind of was just like oh like this is just for the time and place this is how mm -hmm. vaccines look i didn't think about it like that the story that i was reading was a doctor who abort trains and basically be the bouncer and say that, all right, lift your shirts up. Do you have this? Do you have your scar or not? Cool. If not, you know, we got to figure some stuff out. But I thought this was interesting because, you know, we're having this talk now about COVID passports, but this idea of having a vaccination be your entryway in this stuff is something that has existed for years and years and years and years, but maybe seems so novel to us because we haven't seen something like this in our lifetime. And so it seems, well, we have seen stuff like this, not like, not on this scale. I think the most confusing thing about this COVID passport is that it's called a passport. And so like, it seems something that is optional or something that is like um, just for travel related because it's called a, a passport, but essentially it's not that, it's just your immunization record. It could also be about showing a negative test. Passports aren't just, you're right, aren't just for whether you got the vaccine or not. It is just to prove that you do not have COVID, okay? But how do you make sure they're all compatible well, with each other, you know? Or do I have to download a new app every time I want to go somewhere? And I know like the federal government doesn't want to get in on this. So I wonder how do, how do we achieve that common identifier if, if it's not done at the federal level? I think I think there are companies that can do it, like Google, for one. Like not a Google is available everywhere. So I think a company that at that large of a scale would have to create something that's it, and that is like the baseline mm -hmm. of like mm -hmm. what we use to really um, unification across countries. Israel has what they call the Green Pass, which they've had for a minute. Y'all know the American government ain't trying to 
ain't trying to enforce nothing like this. They're trying to leave it up to the states. So we've seen what that looks like. It's all, I mean, it's different because of size, too. Israel only has 8 million people. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you have, if you're already set, you're already basically taking the vaccine, and now it's just a matter of, like, controlling and, like, having the crowd flow and making sure, keeping an eye on the outbreaks and being able to monitor with these uh, digital immunization certificates. So I just think it's different, like when we don't even have the same collective consciousness about the disease, and then we have different different states who are administering different mm-hmm. vaccines through different companies, and then having the information databases mm-hmm. organized through separate independent parties from the companies who are making the vaccines, and then like going across state lines, either a health official or a governor has to sign off on stuff like that. So it's just complicated. It really is. Like this whole situation is like extremely convoluted in, in America because even in Texas, if you could like tell like different cities in Texas have different regulations because their state governors say, y'all can do whatever y'all want to do. I don't care no more. And so the cities had to literally enforce it. So like, even at the state level, we haven't mastered any kind of congruency amongst like regulations, uh, state to state. Mm-hmm. So it's just, the United States is a shit show. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Yeah. Hey, do you guys remember when I got COVID and I tried to report it in my app? I got, I downloaded the app the COVID outbreak app so that it could alert everybody who was near you. But I had gotten my test done in a different state. So I couldn't even say that I had had COVID so that they could alert everyone that I had interacted with in Virginia because I didn't get my right. confirmation code from Virginia Department of Health. I mean, but that just looks like, you know, non-standardized stuff that makes it even harder to like do a good thing because there's so many hoops and hurdles. But Treasure brought up an interesting point when she's saying that even different cities in the same state have to figure out how they're going to handle this, um, how they're going to handle opening up on their own because there isn't that much guidance from their state officials. So I yeah. think that's why this activity is super fun for us because it's like, if you break down the layers of all these different choices, what kind of goes into how would you implement this type of passport across the diaspora of experiences um so y'all ready to get into the game yes yes so remember the name of the game is we have all these locations and our job as designers and our craft is to figure out is a COVID passport the smart move or the right move for insert location here insert event here insert place here boom First runner-up is, that was not fun. You can't just not click it because you don't like that one. Our first one we have is Burning Man. Who put this one down? Me. SP, explain what Burning Man is. Running naked and dirty in the desert for a week or so. It's kind of like a festival of sorts but the idea behind it is that you go and like to really truly like have an experience connecting with other people or like healing your past trauma and everyone brings things that are meaningful to them and they burn it um and it's like kind of cathartic for everybody 
You just made Burning Man sound like the most like not crazy thing. When the stories I hear are are like wild. Well, sure, it's wild. People, that's the thing. Like people are going for an experience too. Um, maybe people are into drugs, like a free for all. You might have some conspiracy theorists in there. You might have some anti vaxxers in there. All walks of life can show up at Burning Man. So if all walks of life can show up in Burning Man, my thing is that COVID passport will be prime spot for this. Because, and here's my take on it. If there are a bunch of people coming and they all want to have this experience of a lifetime, one thing you don't want to catch is COVID. So I'm going to err on the side of to say to save the integrity of the experience, a passport will benefit this and be able to integrate into this experience but we're gonna have like a bunch of people in one spot and you're gonna have hippies there a lot of these hippies don't believe in western medicine so do y'all think that it would change what burning man is and change the crowd that it brings uh i think they would just need to do the passport situation in a different way um, I think this would be a perfect example of using a negative test like and verifying that you had a negative test and then just gatekeeping entrance into the festival. Because even if that takes them a whole day to go through everybody and give everybody like their clearance and their test and then get a wristband or something like that, then it doesn't have to be a whole like undertaking. That's it could be integrated into their check-in. You know, that when you go to concerts and everything else, like you already have to be checked in. Like if you ever been to like a four day festival, you got to run through the thing every single day to make sure that you're good, to make sure that you got your pass and everything. So it's like the technology is there. I want to do new age hippies believe in Western medicine. But actually hippies weren't really go with the flow. They were really fighting for stuff. So radicals kill. And that's how Gen Z is too. I'll be looking at these kids like, oh, y'all are crazy, crazy. Yeah. But they not. Like they're fighting for something. So it might be. I would say alternative, alternative lifestyles. I wouldn't necessarily say like hippie or like granola crunchy because everyone is kind of into different stuff. Granola crunchy. Granola crunchy? <laughs> like yeah. eco-minded, like hiking, like and they eat granola. They do. Oh, I mean, that's like a derogatory term for those type of people who are environmentally minded. Granola crunchy sounds the same. You never heard someone called crunchy before? I never heard that. Uh, you know, it, is, it is more um, like a slang than it is like a derogatory, like a slur. Learn something new every day. Maybe I'm alone. Really if is. you guys use that term, DM us so I'm not alone. It seems like we're on the consensus that this is this is the right move to have a passport system or some sort of verification process before attending the Burning Man Festival. Yeah, definitely, definitely, because that's the type of place you want to get up close and personal with people. All right, ready for our next one? Yeah. Yeah. Why y'all say it like that? 
because you have me up here on a screen share as though this is gonna something to watch or look at. Like you, thought, yeah, we thought it was gonna be like Wheel of Fortune. And if I do, damn if I don't. You got this Google calculator out here. Y'all think I got fucking time to make a Wheel of Fortune <laughs> thing of forty? I'm sure there's an online of, generator. Of forty fucking terms. <laughs> because I have a history of doing the fucking most. When I do the least. People want to bag on Jeremy. Stop People want to say, oh, why the fuck didn't you go overboard this one fucking time? <laughs> I gave y'all a quick and snappy. Shut mm. your ass. We all know what we, what we was looking for. <laughs> y'all ain't want the MVP. The experience we was looking for was just a click away. We all know it's some type of generator out here we online that could have made our dreams come 40 true. Phrases. I thought it was going to be about five, <laughs> six. I'm like, oh, okay, and I got on this bitch this morning. I said, hell no. I would Y'all be getting this generator. You kept emphasizing. You kept emphasizing how many terms we used to, for this random generator. He must got plans. He must need it, like 40 ideas. Click the button, Jeremy. It's 19. 19. <laughs> Let's go down to the list and look at number 19. 19 is complex con. I guess this was treasure. Yeah, I feel like complex con or let me tell y'all what complex con is y'all probably already know it's um a festival it's like a sneaker uh sneaker festival hmm. not even really a, yeah it's hmm. a festival slash conference slash like indoor thing i don't really know how to describe it but it's like music and sneakers culture come together under our own roof um it's super dope. It's a super dope experience, but I do feel like it's similar to Burning Man, just not as large of a scale and not outdoors. So how would we um y'all think y'all think we need a COVID passport for this one? Or a vaccination passport? Hmm. I think they should just stay closed another year until all this gets behind us and then just wait till we got the all clear. My stance on this is the same as Burning Man. If it's a bunch of people come from different walks of life and there's already a system set in place to test, to check people out, ComplexCon takes place in New York too. I also don't know why people are so pressed to go back to ComplexCon. So maybe I'm with SP on the fact of saying like, keep this shit virtual one more year until you can really have oh, for sure. the type of experience that you want. Well, I went to ComplexCon in Chicago. They got it in New York too. Like complex kind, you can't really have it virtual. They create these like experiential exhibits, but and you kind of really have to be there. You cannot you cannot attend complex con virtually. Um, and people look forward to going to complex con. Like, is it? I don't know where I stand on these big like conventions. So I know we just talked about Burning Man, but Burning Man is outside, and it's like has unlimited space. Like it's kind of like campgrounds, whatnot. So you have much easier time it's in the desert to go and like have people spread out or do whatever you do but complex con is in long island and that means everyone who wants to go has to travel there whether or not they can get in you know but it just seems like a lot of like congestion like in new york city like all the traveling like i don't they should just stay closed for another year one more year just give them one more year complex con until we don't need passports no more yeah when I went in Chicago, it was not as packed as it was a lot of people there. There were a lot of people. You do come in contact with a lot of people, but it wasn't like packed. Like you weren't had to be shoulder to shoulder with people how you would at like a concert or something like that. It was like um 
it just felt like it was enough space for people to be, you know, not in the crowd with other people. But I do agree. I think that these things, like large events that are held in indoors, can be done, like can be held off. I wonder what our opinions change when we get to certain large events that are more staple. Something like complex con, like a convention like that specifically, it seems like a lot more coordinating, a lot more like individual vendors. So and like you're kind of confined to the space that you pick out to host everything. So unless you could plan for like everybody coming in and being able to set it up in a way where people aren't on top of each other. But you know, people will be wearing their masks, right? We'll see. That's what we need yeah. to do. We need to glue people's masks to their face upon entry. Hey, this is staying on that nose. It is staying up there. My Gorilla Glue. Yes. This mask leaving my face is not by choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all ready for the next one? Yeah. Number three is the champagne room at the Pink. Baby, shut it down. <laughs> if you ever seen down. the show Pea Valley by Katori Hall, then you know that the champagne room at the paint, if there is a COVID passport and they can verify that everybody in there is safe, is, is this a safe spot to sort of, can we implement this sort of vaccination passport? I'm going to go with it, yes, because people need to make their money and not have to worry about getting sick. I agree. I agree with that. Um but at the pink, baby, you could just shut the whole shut the whole operation down. <laughs> just let it go. Like um, that's my opinion. In episode thirty, we redid the pink, the dilapidated house of pink, and that was at a time when vaccines were not even around. Like they weren't even like creeping in. We was like, we'll never get it. So we actually did design it in a way that could be better crowd controlled. And that's what brings me to this question. This is, I'm glad we brought this one up because we have been able to manage in certain situations without a passport. Places like strip clubs, bars, restaurants have been able to keep it moving without any type of verification. So what is your take on places that didn't have this before suddenly enforcing needing to verify in a way that they weren't even doing like in the height of the pandemic? What is the problem with having just a little bit more added in insurance? I'm not saying that it's a problem for them to start instituting the passport, but if they've already gotten by without people doing that, without extra staff, like administering mm -hmm. the procedure, why would they or should they make it mandatory? If I was Uncle Clifford and I wanted to, one, ensure the safety of my workers. This seems very brandable and seems as, as a way to draw in people who are looking for things to do, safe things to do. Specifically at the champagne room, which if my if my dancer is vaccinated or is wearing a mask and I'm wearing a mm. mask, maybe it wouldn't be a problem. Champagne room could be open for business. Pink is operational. We banging in millions. Church says should be closed down. I mean, SP said, open that bitch up for business. Yeah. <laughs> open that bitch up and open them legs. Jeremy, you said the champagne room was closed too. At first, but then I put, on my, I put on my Uncle Clifford business owner hat and I had to, you know, razzle dazzle some stuff out. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Moving on to our next one. Atlanta's Aqua Adventure Water Park. Who put this down? 
This is the SP thing. No, it was me. <laughs> I mean, I be seeing them commercials. They be looking like they having a blast. I ain't never, never been, but I feel like they need something in place. All them kids that be there. Now, here's the interesting thing. What SP just said this point about kids, and this is the place where a lot of kids will show up. How do you grapple with having a passport to vac- to verify with the parents? parents <laughs> but then you can't verify the children who, you know, can also spread COVID. Hmm. So, but these places are already open, though. They're just doing, like, limited amounts, correct? Is Atlantis open? It's in the Bahamas. So, you know, I have no idea if it's open. Oh, but Atlantis. I just assumed it was like a water country USA type thing. Hell no. <laughs> it's water country USK, USA, like to the max. Wow. Let me look this up. Oh, there we go. Oh, my God. Yeah. Treasure, this water slide is crazy. I'm scared of water slides, so I'll probably never go, but... Something like this, it makes I just think about where are the hot spots in the area, because like the pool is kind of a hot spot, but at the same time you can be social distance from people at a pool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a matter of how many people are there. If you're waiting in line, that's different. Or like you don't have much space, people to spread out. I think a passport could be beneficial in some spots where maybe there is more adults. In the present, so like if you think about at the bar or at the different like dance floors, you know, we had a resort, like there's different things to do. Mm-hmm. And I wonder in more, some more of these high traffic areas, could they instill something there? And then just sort of like, you know, let it be open, let people come, follow the same protocol they've been following, but just have more stricter guidelines on certain areas of the park or whatnot. I have a question. Do y'all think that if certain places enforce these, um, COVID passports that it would deter deter people from wanting to go there. If it is somebody who is very strongly against the vaccine, it could definitely be like, well, I don't want to support them with my patroness anymore. I'm seeing some opportunities of having a passport. I was like, oh great, this is my entry, you know, this is my entry pass into these certain places, into my open door, as as you know, Treasure has said. Uh, I don't know. Some people will turn against it. Some people won't. I think I do. I personally think the conversation about vaccine passports is premature. And I think I mentioned this to you guys. I I just think that the focus really should be about getting more people vaccinated. And this is something that, as I said earlier, could incentivize more people to getting vaccinated if, if they are barred entry to places. But I also feel like that's not our issue here, because if it does, if if you have these vaccine passports and people still just don't want to get vaccinated and aren't getting vaccinated, you're still not going to be open at capacity. Like the economy is still going to suffer. So it's, it's not necessarily a solution. Like it's something that's going to be a byproduct of opening back up. But once we reach herd immunity, it's irrelevant. If we reach herd immunity, I guess, but is it the idea of a passport is irrelevant unless we're going down the road of, personal medical history like ownership or the road of like digital like legal identity verification you know like feel like that is an interesting like topic or for this to live on in but we won't need it after this is over like what we need this for it's really more so about opening it up and that was kind of a hot ass mess when they tried it last year 
or I mean, are we open? Are we closed? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's a mess. Right. I, and, and I feel you. Like it's, it seems like the attention is being focused in the wrong spot. But if you take this pandemic and think about if we were to have another one, I would rather have us, I would rather have some of this infrastructure tested beforehand. So then when there's something else that occurs, that we might have a little bit more, we might have a better approach to some stuff. But again, the idea of it is not complicated. Like the infrastructure, well, I guess infrastructure as far as who's in charge and what are we all going to use. But what's happening right now isn't that. What's happening right now is 61 different entities putting their hands on different solutions that aren't necessarily like adopted yet by the World Health Organization. But do you but do you think that we have to go through like these iterations to get to the point where we're like, well, now we know we have we have one system. Yeah, but I think yeah. it's it's a good idea to experiment and have these conversations. I just don't think, especially the U.S., I don't think that's gonna work like Israel with the green pass or the go pass. I don't think that's gonna be what happens here. I feel like this entire pandemic has been an, an experiment, like a giant test, and somebody is up there running the numbers. <laughs> I just feel like we're like the Titanic, like sinking slowly. It's been going down for days. We just didn't know it. It yeah. is slowly, slowly sinking. All right. Do y'all want to do one more? Yes. All right. The next one is Cousin Joy's baby shower. Is a COVID passport the right answer? So this one takes into account family dynamics and whether not a business per se can can enforce COVID rules, but whether your own family can enforce a COVID passport. Thoughts? I think I got something. Okay. Even, even when we were talking about this, I feel like the solution lies in between like the business and like the free public. And I would like to, I would like to think that there would be like a quest diagnostics you can go to and just get a negative test, you know, the day before an event or something like that and go. I think everyone should be able to like get their verification in a pinch and there just be central locations out in the public that you could go to and verify before activities. Yeah, I, I agree with that. If I implemented something like this at a baby shower in my family, baby. I wouldn't hear the end of it. It'd be like, I ain't going to her regularly. yet. That's- <laughs> like, I wouldn't hear the end of it. So it's just like, is it worth the headache? Yeah, it is because I ain't trying to get sick. Um, but are people going to abide by it? And how do you make people abide by these types of rules? Because you could always say, you know, if you don't get it, you can't come. But y'all know in some of these families, people going to come anyway. Then what you going to do? Kick them out? Like, are we are we about to see some new businesses pop up where they'll be like, we'll ship the yeah. COVID, we'll ship the COVID passport um pop-up tent right to your event and we'll you know <laughs> test people for you and be able to make sure everyone's vaccinated for a low cost of a thousand dollars per hour. Mm-hmm. You real enterprise today, Jeremy. I like that. No, I'm feeling we're enterprising, but this would definitely be a place to have some sort of vaccine because, it, I mean, the passport is one thing to get a stranger infected, right? I know we're supposed to be this whole, like, this culture and we're all family, but it's another thing to get your grandma infected and then have to, you know, like, live with that. To be honest, it, it, I just could see a lot more things happening. Like, what if we just showed up to events differently and we knew that we had to check in and then go sit in the car? 
while we get registered or do they verify our stuff and then we can go in there's some parts of COVID that have come with that I am not mad at. Like, when you have y'all been to the dentist or doctor and now they wake everyone sit in the car until you're called? Yeah. For the dogs, especially. That should be convenient. Literally, I pass Miles out the window. I say, hey, I'm here for the appointment. They say, all right, open the back door. <laughs> and they just come pick them like that. I hope it never leaves because it's, it's very convenient. I won't mad when they was wiping down Target. Mm-hmm. I wasn't mad um, when they made it so that you can't be all up on somebody in line. Because some people just don't have any cues for personal space. They still don't know mm-hmm. how long six feet is, but at least I don't feel bad about walking away from you. Treasure, are you going to call up Cousin Joy and tell her to go ahead and implement that COVID passport rule? Cousin Joy, you know, that's on you, sister girl. If it was my baby shower or wedding or whatever, I would do it. I would do it. I wish it was somebody else that could do it because then it, it falls to you or finding somebody to enforce or check like in the family and like what they let you slide or you just didn't come. You were late. So you missed the registration person. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just too many things that could go on. Like, like you just came hella late. You just slipped in. Like, so it's like it's just not going to be secure if you're talking about small personal events. That's why I wish there was something else. Um and I guess the passport, you could just show it to somebody. But then again, it's like everything looked different. We would have to have a widely recognized thing, like the blue check to verify your social media account. We would have to have a wildly, widely recognized thing that people could enforce on their own, with their own eyes. All right. Let's do one more quick one. And I'm going to say work. That one has a couple of complications with it. And it's a, it's a spot that we haven't talked about yet in our thing. So is the COVID passport right for office and the workplace? Eventually, we're all going to have to go back into some kind of office. And having a COVID passport to prove that either you've been vaccinated or you're testing negative for COVID is important. Because one, it's a, you, you're essentially in a going to be in an enclosed space with people who you don't know what they're doing when they leave work. You don't know going, who they're being around. This COVID passport thing can teeter on the line of like discrimination in a way and that in a workplace, it's definitely um, mm-hmm. has the ability to be more prevalent in leaning towards discrimination. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's risky. I agree with that. It's risky, especially knowing how the Black community feels. Basically, like, white people are two times as more likely to be vaccinated than Latin or Black people. What are the factors that attribute to to that? Well, there's a lot of factors, um, but some that I didn't really think about um, is that Black people, on average, are younger than white people, Mm. Um, so not only like like is life expectancy shorter, but um, older people are able to get their vaccination sooner. So they already opened up tiers of people who probably more access to white people than others. So even if it's based off of your job or whatever, if you don't get it or if you're suspicious, or if you don't, you haven't felt comfortable yet. Like that's definitely documented in these communities of color. I just, I, I think that it can border on um, discrimination, 
is a strong word. I don't think it's that. I just think the byproduct is going to be uneven. There is something to say about like your workers' comfortability. There comes a little bit of reassurance when you know that, okay, I'm in the space of the safe. I'm just trying to figure out, when did a job ever care about it being a safe space for you emotionally or morally or any other type of way, unless it was some OSHA? You think about larger tech companies and they're all just like, where is this place for welfare? And we care about your psychological safety and this is the third. And COVID has been the next thing that the job can care about. It's probably a way for them to just get more people back into the office. <laughs> and like, why? But why are they so pressed? I don't understand why they're so pressed to get people back in the office if you've not been able to do it for a year and a half and prove that it can work for a year and a half. So I had that mindset too until I was talking to a mom at work and she was just like, work is my only piece. Like, I know that I'm around, like, you know, other people and stuff like that but she was like it is my chance to get away and sort of like have that space that that, that I need like in my week I just don't feel like that's true for a lot of people people don't be wanting to go to work the people on a regular basis who are like get me out of this house I need to go back into the office because I'm just going I mean I'm tired of working from home like I want to get away from my kids I want to get away from my house and yeah, people are like, people going like getting like stir crazy just being in the house all the time. Me, on the other hand, like, like I feel that way too, but I ain't go back into nobody's office. I just want to be able to work freely from wherever I want to work from. <laughs> um, ain't that the move? Yeah. Ain't that the move? That's what like, I'm saying. <laughs> I, I feel like people want the option to go elsewhere to do work and maybe be able to talk to people, but they don't necessarily want to be in the office Monday through Friday for eight hours every day. I don't know, because, like, a lot of people, their work people are their friends. I don't know. A lot of people Listen, are looking forward to having that again. I have experienced that in the workplace. And let me tell you, it is not good for productivity. Chit-chat, personal relationships. like <laughs> I do be talking, for sure. Oh, I was just about to say, lots of companies have saw, like, a, a huge decline in productivity from people from home. Really? Mm-hmm. Damn. And then you have the companies who have said, we're never going to make you work from office and you can work yes. from wherever. Well, other companies have been like super, super productive. I think it really depends for this one. It depends on the industry. Yeah. Like what, like as far as getting, I might have forgot, but I didn't want to do this one, Jeremy. Let me be honest, because I just felt like it was going to be a quagmire. And I personally feel like with work is just going to be different because we talked about the concert venues the other day. If you want your staff to be vaccinated because you don't want to have to be messing with like the schedules, if someone gets sick, like, and then, oh, we're out of person unexpectedly. Like I get wanting everyone to be vaccinated or making it available to all of them, like whatever they need, incentivizing them to do it. I get that. That's your prerogative. But like, as far as like us coming to work to be on top of each other, like not every office is conducive to that. Not everybody works in an office either. So it's kind of like, it's really just going to depend or say you have to have a vaccine to come to work today, or like you have to test negative to come to work today. Like, I'm not sure when that would be practical unless they are literally trying to make you get a vaccine, in which case the passport itself is not really necessary. They just want you to get vaccinated. Right. Go ahead. Treasure. I was just going to say companies don't ask for um, vaccine records. 
as people who hold more creative jobs, like a lot of us do work from home and I feel like, a, or I've been allowed to work from home because of this. And I do feel like a lot of us may be going through the same thing where they're like, well, I don't know if I want to return to my job if people ain't vaccinated. My last job was community-based mental health and their onboarding process was gnarly because they wanted you to get fingerprints. They wanted you to get TB tests. They wanted to verify a lot of different things. You had to go around and get, get your criminal report printed out and sent like over as well. Like there was a lot of different things that you had to do to verify before you could begin working out in the community. So it's not unheard of to make somebody do that. It's just, if I work at party city, why are we going through all this trouble? You know, there's a cost associated to these type of things. Job where you'll be interacting with children in the community. They do make you get uh, certain vaccines to have that job. My friend had to get a flu shot for his job. He had, but he's also a nurse. So there's different like sort of things, but it was required that like, you have to get all these things before you can work in a hospital. Well, that makes sense. That's different. But I've never heard of a job requiring people to get their flu shot, and maybe they, which I think this is similar. Getting a vaccine for COVID is similar to getting like flu shot. Like, I mean, maybe they will now. Maybe they'll say like, you know what? This pandemic has really switched up how we approach health and what we think people, what we think our employees should have. I better not hear none of that shit with the premiums that are on these health insurance plans. Exactly. If y'all ain't, I'm going to be after them. Yeah, I can't do nothing else for y'all. I can't do it. And on that note, that completes our activity of COVID passports. Are you going to that place? Okay. I should have named that at the beginning. Of, I should name that the game at the beginning. <laughs> uh, y'all ready to wrap this thing up? I have one question that has sort of risen out of this um, sort of thing. It's a two-part question, but the first part is, but I want to ask y'all, will vaccination status become another separator? And will brands, company, and spaces like this find a way to use it as like propaganda? And the reason I bring this up is the Miami Heat um, this week became the first team in the NBA to open special vaccinated only sections of their game. So essentially they have reserved sections that only vaccinated people can get. Will this be a new demographic for us to design for, or and will it further separate and divide us as people? I say temporarily, because hmm. I don't think it's sustainable for a long term. Um, there's been pandemics before. There's been diseases before that require get vaccinations. I think it'll be a temporary thing. I don't think it'll be long lasting. But even if it's temporary, will brands? and things like corporations like take advantage of that status like we've sort of seen like this miami case Krispy Kreme getting away free donut like people giving away free beer like will this become another marketable thing like voting y'all remember when voting was super like precious and everybody all the stores had vote signs up and people was out here you know vote commercials like where it felt like this is becoming an advertising thing and not necessarily something that we're dealing with it is a civic duty once this shit is handled it's going to be handled and there might be a different strain that pops up which requires a whole different vaccine in this case your little passport is useless and y'all better be focusing instead on why people don't trust this and how people aren't 
to get access to this quickly and like like in an organized fashion. That's just me. I'm a bitter Betty. I think that that's a big thing. Like, if there's one thing this pandemic has taught us is that, or has shown us, is the amount of inequality and inequity that's in the world, and it's sort of like highlighted it. Why are we driving this wedge down and separating the, the people even more when we can be focusing our efforts on solutions to helping more people join the vaccinated side if they want to? For sure. But you guys know me. I mean, I love all thought-provoking conversations about society. I'm here for it. Innovative solutions, you know, especially when you see cultural nuances and the way different people approach a problem worldwide and globally. And I like that we all came here today with different perspectives. Um, Obviously, we all have opinions on these controversial topics as well as our listeners do. But as usual, here on The Creative Block, we put our own spin on all things brand, tech, and culture. So keep up with us. If you like this content, like us, and make sure you subscribe to our content to hit our next episode drop on Thursdays. And check us out on social media. On Instagram, we are at the Creative Block Podcast. And on Twitter, we are at the Creative B-L-C-K. I think that's our show. Peace, love, and hair grease. Stay safe. Toodles, my goodle.